DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in the TV voice of Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are you? Good. Good. How are the Jazz? They looked a little tired. There was a lot yeah. of talk about that. You're not around them as much, obviously, COVID protocols. So, you know, you're at the top of the lower bowl and you're not to be, you know, sitting down in some room yakking with them like you might in another year doing a pregame interview with Quinn or whatever. Now you got you to gotta Zoom those like we Zoom everything else do. So it's a little different, but you still probably have a sense of it. How critical are these two days off and how gassed were those guys who, uh, who got to sit over the course of that back-to-back? They had, what, four or five guys sit. Yeah, yeah, they had uh, Joe and Clarkson and uh, uh, let's see, and Royce, Royce. and Conley so sat think, the night before. Yeah, I think you know it was good. Uh, I think Royce, you know, obviously it's good. Maybe just to step back, he's struggling from the three. Take a breath. Uh, Joe rests, you know, rest the knee. Um, so and Clarkson's what four games with the ankle. So it, I think it's good. I mean, George Niang in the post-game interview that we had, you know, he said he was looking forward to it in, in a big-time way. And I, I think everybody is. They played a lot of basketball. And, you know, a lot of back-to-backs and a lot of four games and six nights. Look, I'm broadcasting, and I, I was glad they had these two days off. But, you know, nothing like going out and playing. Uh, luckily, they've been home, which helps, I think, <clears throat> because the travel was uh, – you know, you could you know mark the the the, uh, the travel off this week, but look, it's been a long season, but in the in but it's it's compacted. It's you know you're playing 72 games in a much shorter period of time, trying to get everything fit in. Look, we'd be in the playoffs right now if this was you know quote normal, right? And uh, we're already nearly into May, and you know the, the playoffs start the 22nd. The last game of the season's on May 16th, so there's still a long ways to go, but things are beginning to sort themselves out. You know, I, and you asked the question about down the road, uh, you know, will we see this more? I'm sure. I mean, yesterday the, some GMs came out to say that the, uh, the, the, the way the schedule's been put together and the games coming at teams fast and furious has elevated some of the injury levels of what's happened in the league, especially after the ACL tear by by Jamal Murray. So there may be something to that. Only players can answer that question. I know you got Joe coming up. What do you say, DJ? I'm the warm-up act today. Is that right? That's you are good. the warm-up act. Yeah, I like that. Joe, are you listening? I like that. I'm like the starter. This is, you know, I'm like, you know, warming up the, the crowd for the for the main the main attraction. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> you say the playoffs start on May 22nd. Is that – that's not the Jazz playoffs, though. Is that the the play-in the, that they have with the seven and eight and eight and nine? Do you know, or does that you know, start earlier so the Jazz start the twenty second? I think that that actually is probably a, a Thursday. I don't know, PK. I'm guessing. All I, I'm looking at the numbers on what you know, you know, it's going to be the sixteenth, the last game, twenty second. I'm guessing like a Thursday or a Tuesday. However, they want to do it with TNT. Uh, obviously leading the way with with broadcast, uh, those play-in games, the Jazz, if they hold on to the one seed, may not know their opponent until, obviously, two days prior, which yeah. will be really um, <laughs> probably for Quinn. Ah, nothing new. The way the last two seasons have gone, the bubble um, and the playoffs there, and now the playoffs already coming back again at you. So 
Uh, I don't think anything surprises head coaches in this league anymore because things just happen almost in an overnight way. But, yeah, those play-in games, uh, they could really impact the Jazz not knowing who they play until uh, the last you know two days of the season. So the Jazz then would have good four or five days off before they start? Maybe I think so. I think days. most of the league would, except for the, the, the those four teams that they're going to try to get playing you know, opportunities to. Okay. So I think uh, what Mark Cuban wasn't ran, Luca weren't real happy about that just a few nights ago as they're you know hovering in that seven spot. Uh, so I think you'll still see some movement there. You know, don't know what the status is um, in the long run. I think it's a week down for LeBron and maybe two for uh, AD with the Lakers. But those are a couple of teams we've talked about before, PK, where I'm not sure the Lakers care or the Clippers or the Nets. Nets are making their move, uh, even though they, they, they set, what, Harden and KD last night. I think Kyrie played, and I think also Blake Griffin set. So, it could happen. I mean, I think this is just one of those seasons where, you know, a player needs the rest mentally. You know, it's more than it's physical and mental, and so it could happen absolutely. So the season ends May 16, which is a Sunday. The play-in tournament is May 18 to 21, so that's Tuesday through Friday. So even the playing teams get Monday off, which they, you know, they'll have to travel probably. Right, right? someone's going to have to, obviously. Maybe both teams will. Uh, the the traditional playoffs, the one through eight series, those start May twenty two, and usually that's a Saturday. So usually four series start on Saturday, four on Sunday. So the Jazz will go from Sunday to either the following Saturday or Sunday without playing. You know, uh, DJ PK, I believe that if you are the top seed team, I believe that you have the luxury of an extra day. So that could actually begin on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know that you'd want it after you've already been on five days. Yeah, I don't know. The way things, you know, you may say, well, if you got an injury, it's a great thing. But if you want to play and you're playing well, having a whole week off after playing every other day or the multiple back-to-backs, I don't know. It's uh, Joe would know. Uh, I think, you know, a couple, three days would be awesome. But then you kind of want to just continue and, and get to it. Because uh, I'm looking at the schedule, too. They play their last two games on the road, Oklahoma City and Sacramento. So they're going to have to come home, you know, after two, three days, a Friday-Sunday uh, road series. One of the developments that I've liked here as we've moved uh, into the second half and down the stretch of the season is Bogdanovich going to the basket. And sometimes he does it with reckless abandon, and I am all for it because I figure that if he regains his shooting touch from the perimeter, which he's shown obviously signs of doing it, and now has that confidence to put the ball on the floor and not get it stripped and find his way to the bucket or to the free throw line. And the other night he was 10 for 10 from the line. That's just a positive. So I'm looking for that to continue going down the stretch and into the postseason, even if he's hitting from the outside. Why not continue to do that? Because that's been an effective weapon. Totally agree. I think, uh, you know, both Thurl and and Matt have told me, look, and I think we all kind of know when you're struggling, what do you do? You want to see the ball go in. So Bogey uses his body. And that's the one thing that surprised me when the Jazz, you know, signed him was we all knew him and we saw him as an opponent as a three-point shooter, but he's really has the NBA body to go inside and finish, and I think he's starting to realize that more and more. And if you're struggling from outside, go to go to the next level of what, what works. And then 
start inside, work your way back out. But he's really been able to mix uh, the last couple of games. He had 33 against the Wizards in that loss. He had 23 um, against OKC. So there's signs that you know he's gaining more confidence. He's still fell on the wrist. I still think the wrist plays in his head a little bit. Uh, you know, he looks at it. Um, you know, he stretches it a lot. But look, it takes a long time uh, to come back from injury like that. That's your your right hand, your shooting hand, and you're always kind of, I think, in the now of where it is. And if it's got a twing, you know, it can it can play mind games with you. But I think he's a big piece of going forward. You get another guy that is more confident and also starting to put up double digit, you know, double digit twenty point games. Uh, and they didn't have him in the bubble, and everyone always talks about that, trying to beat uh, after up 3-1 on Denver, didn't have Bogdanovich in Orlando. And so this is just another big piece, of, uh, part of you know the drive to the finish. I hope he stays consistent because it's it's been a tough year for him, up and down, and he's starting to show shot signs of, I think, just finding that confidence that you have to have. The West isn't quite as uh, jumbled as it was. I'm not convinced there's going to be a lot of movement because I think a lot of teams are going to have to rest guys. There's so many back-to-backs the rest of the way. So I'm kind of thinking that the West is pretty much set. Maybe the Lakers catch the Nuggets for four, but that's 4-5, so it would be the same matchup, just flipping home court advantage. Do you see anybody who's likely to make a move? Is there anything you're really watching down the stretch, or are we going to finish where we are? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I was thinking Dallas was, uh, maybe had a punch or two left. And then I really thought Denver would be the same, but now with a Jamal Murray injury, man, that really tosses things into the air. Um, Portland's Portland. I mean, it's just kind of the way it seems to be with Damian Lillard and, and McCollum in the backcourt. I love, I love the way they play, but it's just hard for them to hit that, that next level. Uh, Lakers, I don't, again, I don't know. PK, I think you and I talked about this a week or so ago. I'm not sure they care where they are, uh, just because of who they are and the way LeBron approaches the playoffs. You know, he'll, he wants to be in high gear and we'll see how healthy Anthony Davis is, uh, you know, calf and, and Achilles actually, how it holds up. But, you know, Phoenix is still a team that the Jazz, you know, they're a game and a half out. They could, they could steal the, the top seed away. Um, they're good. They're good. They're fast. And I think that's the one thing, you know, that, that has been the one Achilles for the Jazz is just keeping up with, with backcourt, you know, with speed. We saw it with Beal and Westbrook. You know, there's a lot of similarities the way Chris Paul and, and Booker play on running downhill. Transition defense is always something Quinn's preaching. And I think that's going to be obviously a, a big factor in how, how successful the Jazz will be. But talk about how these teams don't worry about where they finish. And I'm wondering, why wouldn't the Jazz? I mean, of course you want the one-on-one seed. But if it doesn't happen, and because they maybe rest a guy or two or what have you, and Phoenix gets it, okay, so you got it. Good, good yeah. for you. But why wouldn't, we, why wouldn't we say, why would the Jazz be so concerned with it, too? I think it's at home court, which plays into the hands of the Jazz. And look what they've done at home this season. Uh, you know, they've had the three losses but PK, I still think you know the Jazz have a huge uh, advantage with this fan base and the energy they bring. Um, you know, it also and again, you make a good, interesting point though. If if the Lakers, 
it all depends on how everything falls, 1-8, and then, you know, how the second round, you know, matches up. What if the Lakers, you know, are a four, and they jump up, and then the Jazz have to play L.A. in the second round? So what if the, sec- what if the two seed played into their favor? You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, sooner or later, you just have to come to realization, in the Western Conference especially, any team you play, there's six teams out there that have potential to win it in the West. And that's the thing that really, I think, tells the tale of how good the West is and how every night you have to be on your game. Uh, there's no letdowns. There's no nights off. And especially the second half of the season because uh, most of the teams that Jazz are playing are out of the West. I'm having a problem getting worked up for any of the debate about these individual awards. The Jazz are the one seed. How far can they go? Can mm-hmm. they get back to the finals for the first time in more than 20 years? To me, those questions are so compelling. I'm having any problem working up any enthusiasm for coach of the year, player of the year, or a defensive player of the year, blah, blah, blah. This other question is so fascinating. I just I can't get into the other stuff. Am I alone? Am I an outlier? Well, Ben Simmons will tell you who's the defensive player of the year. <laughs> so, no, you know, look, there's so much, you know, going back to the championship is something that's been in the Jazz minds for a long time. And now ownership, Ryan Smith, that's something that's on his mind as well. Um, you know, last year, let's just go back a year where the Jazz were hyped nationally to be the team, and it didn't work out that way. This year, they can't get a lot of love because uh, the focus is on the Nets, the focus is on the Lakers, the Clippers, but the Jazz are still the, the, the top team in the NBA. And, and you know, I tune in to national broadcasts, and there isn't a lot to be said about the success of this franchise at this moment. And there's still doubters about Rudy Gobert and Donovan. Uh, I'm sure Joe will tell you that that's a motivator. I mean, down deep, it's got to be. So, that's what I, you know, I, look, it's going to work itself out, whoever is the award winner, right, in all these categories. The real focus is, you know, where you, where you finish in the sense of, you know, the Western Conference, can you win it, and can you actually find yourself back with a shot to win a championship? And I love this team because it is a team. Uh, they've got, you know, two great stars and what Mike Conley brings uh, and what Joe brings and, uh, you know, it's it's intriguing to see how far they can go with depth. You know they they've starting to show they've got some players that can that can use their minutes when they're asked to get on the get on the floor. I mean Brantley the other night was a beast, and I'm glad he got minutes to show showcase who he is. And Miaoni continues to develop, and Niang uh, who started horrific this season when we talked to him. I mean he was in the 19 percent in the 20s shooting threes, and now he's you know, really found his game, which will obviously play into the Jazz hands for another three-point shooter. So, yeah, you know, you can get caught up in all the awards, but the bottom line is win it. Win it. And I think that's what the Jazz are more focused on than they are on, on individual awards. Speaking of win it, DJ scoffs at me, but they're they're bearing down on winning and clinching the Northwest Division, and I just think that it should be a big deal. And he continually mocks it, man. They've held hung banners, and now with the Jamal Murray injury, this pretty well cinches that the Jazz are going to win the Northwest Division. And I love the fact that you laugh, Bowler, because I've already won. You're the man, Bowler. Thanks for backing me up. 
but you know what, though? I can hear PK sarcasm, too. I mean, <laughs> he didn't care about the division title when there were four, and now he's making a big deal when yeah, there's six. Yeah. No, they've no, got it and they've hung banners, it. man. Look, it's about the banners. I get it, PK. Wrap yourself in the banner, right? Yeah. Northwest Division champion. I, I mean, I believe you should be emceeing it when that goes into rafters. <laughs> Tina Turner, simply the best. Yeah, yeah play it. The best. Yeah, there it goes up, up in the rafters. Look, it's the first step, right, PK? That's what you're saying. The first step. That's a downgrade. That's a downgrade. They've got the divisions, and I'm not going to ignore them. If (laughs) if they were worthy of being ignored, we wouldn't have them. (laughs) You're going Glenn Close. I will not be ignored, Michael. (laughs) I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I haven't either, but that that scene and that line, that'll stay with you. And I'd like to put DJ in a boiling pot on the <laughs> See, you don't have to see the movie to get a couple of the references. Now, it's going to change my whole day. I just did it right there. The boiling out the rabbit. Uh, coming, coming out of the tub with the knife, I jumped about oh. 10 feet. <laughs> Boy, I don't, have to, I don't have to see the movie again, nope. PK. There it's, it is. I, I just replayed it right there. All right, uh, Buller. Vision, man. Bowler, we will let you go. You have warmed up the audience for Joe Ingles. You are yeah. the man. Well, you know, I did my best. I played that solo guitar. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll play the guitar on the way out and the drum solo later. But, uh, yeah, Joe's ready. The stage is set, and it's, it's Joe Ingles' time. It's Jingles' time. <laughs> Thanks, Bowler. All right, guys. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hang with us. Joe's coming up in a few minutes. Stay with us.